inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Guys, welcome back to the Keaton Nelson Show. I have a special treat for you today, Mr. Antonio Garcia. He is like the sales guru over here. He's a little uh, modest, but he's got some really cool techniques. <laughs> I got. I was lucky enough to spend some time with him a couple of weeks ago down in uh, North Carolina um, at Rudy's Mastermind. Rudy Moore, who's a marketing genius, and. Um, Man, Antonio opened my mind to all these sales techniques, and I was like, I got to get him on the show to get my listeners, uh, you know, acclimated to these things. So, Antonio, thanks for being on here, man. Hey, man, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, bro. So, I like to start off with like your story, man. You, you're kind of interesting. Where are you from, dude? Oh, dude, I am from Kodiak, Alaska. So. Uh, if, if you ever watch like Joe Rogan, he talks about like his wild hunting stories on a fog neck and being bull rushed by bears. That's actually where I'm from. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people ask me about like the show, like the deadliest catch and like Alaska bush people and all that. Like, um, so <laughs> a lot of that is G rated, but like, that's where I'm from is Kodiak Island. That's very different. So uh, when you talk to people that are like from Cali and they're like, Oh, where are you from in Cali? And they're like, Oh, SoCal or no Cal or the Bay. It means totally different things. So uh, I'm from Kodiak Island. Gotcha, man. So um, what was it like growing up there? You know what, bro? I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday like at, at the gym. He was We were talking exactly about that. Um, so uh, Alaska is very, very different. I think in some of the places I live, people posture a lot. People like they don't they say something that they actually don't do. You see this a lot like in fights with guys where it's like, man, as soon as you you know, do this, I'm going to punch you. And like, that doesn't happen over there. Uh, in Kodiak Island, there's a lot of military people, a lot of fishermen and, and uh, construction. Those are not people that like, just make shit up on, on the fly. Like, so it, over there, it's a high level of accountability. Um, you're living in a place of huge abundance, but it's, it's very much survival mindset. And, um, and people really like do what they say they're going to do. So if you and I are going to fight, then you and I are going to fight. If you say X, Y, Z, like this is exactly what happens. And it's, and it's, it's cold too. So we don't really have time to fluff and go back and forth. It's just a very different environment. Very, very different environment. Yeah. Is there like drug abuse problems up there? Hella dude. Meth bro. Like when you're, when you're on that boat and you're, you know, fishing or crabbing or whatever it is, like coffee can only go so far. It can only go so far. So you're trying to like feed your family. You're trying to feed like your friend's family on the boat and everything. And so some of these guys are up like three, four days straight, maybe a couple of naps in between. So what, like if coffee's not working as far as a stimulant to keep you alive and, and awake and still moving, what else are you going to turn to? Dang. So there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You can only imagine, right. Yeah. The meth, the Coke, all that stuff. And it's, it's only meant so they can bring home the fish and people that get like addicted to that stuff, man. And it's, um, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, um, man. And alcoholism and stuff, do you think? Dude, I, I went to this, um, I went to this mastermind a few months back. And so there's a guy, his name is, uh, Larry and he's a Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. total badass. He was a SEAL team leader and Larry was, uh, his nickname in the Navy was the God of War. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, 
but it sounds pretty awesome. So I, I just rather stick to it. <laughs> and Larry was saying, he's like, bro, I have never felt more of a pussy in my entire life than just hanging around average Alaskan folks. <laughs> like the, like the things like they would fall asleep outside of like 30 degree weather in jeans and a hoodie on a boat with one foot hanging out. Like it's nothing where I would die. <laughs> you know. I mean? So, um, yeah, dude, it's, uh, so the, and he was, he was talking about like the alcoholism over there is on another level. So people are like trying to, uh, drink, like rubbing alcohol, trying to get into like, you know, um, Damn. yeah, like even like mouthwash. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. The, the addictive nature of what goes on up there. It's, it's not easy. We just thought it was normal. We just thought like, that's just, that's just normal. That's yeah, that's like, that's Josh's dad. He's going crazy again. Like, all right, let's go. And then that, that was pretty <laughs> Yep. Dang, that's nuts. I wonder if it's like I feel like the weather does have to have dude something has to, you know, correlate with the weather and those types of things. So Yeah, especially during like the summer. The summer everyone's happy, bro, because like the sun just like basically circles in the sky, depending on where you are in the state. Yeah. Um but during the winter, yeah, I mean, it can be pretty it's it, it's not for the week. Like there's some spots over there where Maybe you have one to three hours of sunlight. Some places it's zero. So for like over a month, it's just it's just darkness the entire time. In the summer, it's bright the entire time. So you have to have a different level of mental toughness. And where I grew up on Kodiak, if you look at the rainfall per year, it's almost double that of Seattle. And people complain about Seattle all the time that's so rainy and all. It, ours is like double. So it's just a different mindset, bro. <laughs> it's just a different mindset. Yeah. When did you move out of there? Oh, I think I moved out when I was like, I think like a day after I graduated high school, I left. And then I visited a ton and I lived in Anchorage for about two years after that, after Kodiak. And then I went to other states. Yeah. Uh, do you go to college? Yeah, I went to University of Alaska. I didn't graduate. Oh, did no, yeah. I didn't. What'd you go for? Um, I was just getting like my general my general electives yeah yeah i went yeah. there and then um i also so i went there and then like I, I i took like a couple of courses in performing arts and i just i thought it was like interesting and i ended up falling in love with it and what's really cool is that like especially when you're uh developing like characters for acting people do this all the time in business people do this all the time in the world of athletics you, you do this all the time, like in actually various verticals of actually creating the most elite version of you, or in this case, and acting like a character and getting really, really deep and then stepping into that world. So I felt like that was actually really helpful for me in jumping into sales, jumping into more uh, business leadership is not only identifying like what makes some of the top performers tick, but isolating those, those characteristics into something in which you can absorb, but still within being, being within the parameters of you. So you're not being something you're not. I'm like not trying to become Andrew Tate or I'm not trying to become like Biden or anything else. You're still within you, but the most elite version of you. And you got that from um, Stella Adler or Stanislavski. Those are acting techniques. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. I got into that and then I got a scholarship to go to the New York Film Academy in um, in Hollywood. So I did some time out there too. Dang, I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I did that for for a little while, and um, I did professional acting for a few years. So I've done like 
commercials for um, Ciroc Vodka, for Heineken, <laughs> for Mello, for Lexus, for uh, Plantronics. Um, I did campaigns for San Diego. I, I've done all kinds of stuff. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, no idea. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so let's fast. I'm guessing fast forward a little bit. When did you step yeah, in? Sales? Later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, when did you uh, step into sales, man? So uh, when, when I was doing the acting role, like I didn't, um, like it was the first time in my life where when you go out to an audition, like you see like hundreds of people that look exactly like you. There's not a whole lot of people in Alaska look like me, you know, like named Antonio Garcia. <laughs> not a whole lot of this. Uh, the Hispanic community out there is like tiny. It's like basically non-existent. And so when I went to Southern California, it was, that was not the case at all. <laughs> it was like, there was a hell of Mexicans everywhere. And so I had to figure out like, how, how do I separate myself and how do I, how do I bring the most value to these productions that I'm auditioning for? So what I ended up doing was um, I met someone at a film festival that was doing film scouting. And so film scouting, if you don't know anything about that, uh, what it is is that you have people on behalf of sort of uh, production companies or distribution companies. They go to film festivals in different markets to see like what is being um, showcased. So, oftentimes, what ends up happening is like if you make a film and you're trying to get it on Netflix or Hulu or uh, Warner Brothers or Sony, uh, you go through film festivals and then like a production company can take it and get distribution, right? So they'll, they'll find it and they'll buy it and then they'll put it on for. Um, with an exhibitor. So when I got into the world of sales, it was actually in film distribution. So when I would go and audition, not only would I go and audition for the role, but I would ask the producers, like, does this, does this uh, project have a home yet? Uh, wh what, what distribution avenues are you looking at? Um, why don't I connect you with some of my producers or what, well, why don't I connect you with such and such and uh, see if maybe we can get the ball rolling now and build value now and start creating a, a bidding war today. Then when this is completed, and they're like, holy shit. So that would happen a ton because you have a lot of people that are really good creatives, but they're not good business people. Make an awesome project, not know how to put it out on scale. So I bridged that. And that's how I got into the world of sales and eventually started becoming just a producer's rep. Dang, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> really different. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Just It's weird because like, it, I know where you're at now. And it's just, it's interesting seeing the the dots be connected right for me yeah yeah so it was um it was a different world and what it helped too was that so i'm going in with the idea of because this happens in sales all the time is like uh there's what i want to say on the call or on the audition there's actually what happened on the call or in the audition what i wish i did on the call or on the on the audition they're no they're, they're no different but you can control your mindset and your perspective going in and the character in which you're playing. So even in this case, I'm going to audition for something. There's the character in which I'm playing and then there's Antonio. So there's the I of Antonio and there's the me of the character. And then once that's wrapped, then I move over to the me of uh, film distribution, being a sales rep. And then actually, as soon as that's done, like who do I need to talk to about helping you guys get your project onto film or TV? Well, where do you want it to go? And then start that conversation that way. So they build more value and they make a higher connection point with myself. So I'm more likely to land the role into the project. And then I'm also able to build out my network that way. So that's what I did initially. Mm. <laughs> that's cool, man. So 
Um, outside of the film industry, what was your first sales job? I was like actually selling uh, gym memberships. Really? I think when I when I flew to Southern California, yeah, I was like, uh, I was like really into fitness, like growing up, especially when I hit like sixteen, seventeen. And so when I when I moved, I was like trying to get a job that was pretty flexible. And I feel like gym sales are a layup. What else are you going to walk in for? You know, it's like if you go into a grocery store, it's like you're going to come out with something. You don't go in there just to look around and leave. Like, that's stupid. So a dumbbell is a dumbbell. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> All gyms have dumbbells and equipment. It's, it's what you do with it. So when I went into uh, sales for gyms, I was number one for 24-hour fitness. Uh, it's called CPT to NMU. So um, certified personal training to new member unit. So what that means is that for every person that came in, the company wanted people to close at a five, 6% ratio. So hundred units were sold for memberships, get six on personal training upsells. Uh, I was close to like 50 to 60%. And a big reason why is because when people come in, I didn't talk about the gym. I talked about the people that actually get to your goals. And that's all I did when they were coming in. Uh, so that was like my first uh, sales jobs was just that side of stuff. Gotcha. And then was it a quick jump to construction or? No, no. I uh, So so um, I was doing a fitness sales and uh, it's very belly to belly. Phone sales and belly to belly are very different. Um the rejection rates are different. Uh, what you can see on a person is very different. Little nuances, little kind of like micro adjustments that they give you physically that you can pick up if they have buy-in or if they're rejecting it, if they're withdrawing, if they have questions that you can visually see that you don't always get over the phone. So when I went from there in Southern California and then like a film distribution, uh, I moved to Lake Tahoe, um, Reno area. Um, truth be told, man, I just was going through a breakup and I wanted a clean slate and living in SoCal from being in Alaska. I was like, bro, like I need a, <laughs> I need some nature. I just want to get rid of all this. It was, it was an ex-fiance. I, I had an ex-fiance like Dang. years ago, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like broken mm-hmm. hearts can teach you a lot, dude. It taught me a lot. Um, so when I was up there, I got with uh, one of the largest uh, business development firms in Nevada, which is called uh, Nevada Corporate Headquarters. So they've done the stuff for like Monster Energy Drink. They've <laughs> worked with like absolutely everyone from like Damon John to uh, Fortune Builders. So I came on board and I created over 300 LLCs and corporations and um, upsold people into um, various items that they need to make sure that their business is taken care of from trademarking to um, having holding instruments like real estate privacy trusts, um, irrevocable living trusts, so on and so forth. So that was my job was to make sure like what they envision their business to be and what things that they need to make sure that they're safe. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's in compliance with, you know, taxes and law and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cool um so let's just do like a quick bang 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 from there you did this this and this and this and now you're here yeah so in, in doing that i learned a lot about business a ton about business small large medium all that stuff so yeah. um uh, when when i was up there i moved down to uh las vegas so uh, i met my wife and we moved uh to uh, las vegas and from there, I worked with uh, Mike Ferry. So I was their top sales guy with Mike Ferry for uh, quite some time and was handling the North American market. 
learned a ton about real estate being right there next to Tony Smith and, and Mike Ferry. They're like the godfathers of that stuff. Yeah. Um, from there, I got a phone call to develop JV programs for a high-end marketing agency, uh, killed it with that. And then I got referred to work with the largest construction coaching company in the world. They're based out in New Zealand. And so I was also responsible for the North American market and like coaching, bringing people up, uh, helping refine marketing, um, giving that organization an American perspective as to like how to market during the winter, as an example, like construction in Arizona and Rhode Island is not the same in the middle of December. They're not the same, but international company doesn't really like know that as much. So we, so it was that. And then after that, um, I got, uh, I got a couple other clients. One was a media studio and then now uh, taking on uh, Matrix Success Network and just blowing that up to be the premier wealth mindset coaching company in the world. Like, like that is where you go to. Matrix is where you go to, to get your mindset to be that of a top, top elite performer in any vertical. Uh, we're building it out where like the only place you go would be here and nowhere else. Mm. Yeah, man. So I, I want to go back to some sales techniques just because I want to give some value to the uh, the audience that they probably wouldn't get anywhere else without paying for uh, a program or maybe just like years and years of experience like you got. So um, a lot of these people who listen, they're entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, they're selling, selling their own product, their own service. They're kind of getting their feet wet. Some of them might already like, you know, be getting ready to scale. Um, but we were sitting in the airport, man, and you were talking about FBI techniques to be able to tell if someone's. Oh, yeah. Can you like imagine someone who's not watching us? So try to be really descriptive with your language. But like, how can you tell if someone's lying and how like from what did you, you call it, anchoring in the beginning? You want to figure out like, yeah, like lie detector test. So uh, I'll give you uh, I'll give you guys a couple quick things. So. The number one thing that I felt for me with sales that really put me on a, in a different trajectory was understanding personality styles. So I'll, I'll touch on that maybe a little bit later. But with what we were talking about was um, when you look at fighters, when you look at someone like Floyd Mayweather, as, a, as an example, uh, the first couple of rounds, he's feeling the other person out. He's throwing feints. He's throwing jabs. He's circling. Uh, he, he's putting his body in certain positions to see how the person responds. Right. So that way, when rounds three, four, five, and so on, uh, Floyd has already like basically uh, discovered how that puzzle looks like. He, he's, he, he's, uh, I mean, I'm losing the word. He uh, figured out the puzzle of the person. And so in sales, it's not much different because it's essentially verbal jujitsu. You're trying to figure out like if you say certain things, especially now in this very trigger happy world, if you say like Trump, people. <laughs> You could just see it. You could see in their eyes. You could see it in their body language. You could see in their tonality, their how they speak, their pitch, their pattern, their pace, all that stuff. So when we were talking in the airport, was like, um, are there indicators of dishonesty? And and the only way that you start to figure out indicators of dishonesty is to figure out what they do when they are being honest. Kobe Bryant talks about this all the time. It's like in order to be unpredictable, you first have to be predictable. So. Uh, when you talk about when you see like FBI tactics or negotiation tactics or um, interrogation tactics, um, first thing that they want to do is get out the foundations and the and the basics in which you cannot argue and neither can I. So, for example, like what's your name, right? Um, or even getting someone to write 
um, write their name out. The reason why you do that is because you're trying to figure out if they're left-handed or right-handed. When you're left-handed or you're right-handed, uh, it, science says that it activates different areas of your brain, depending if you're, left, if you're right or left-handed. What that also does is it, it, it indicates like where you move your eyes when you're trying to engage the imagination portion of your of your brain versus the recall version of your brain. So uh, for the audience that's listening, if you're asked like a kid, like he and I, we, we both have kids. And so when you ask like your kid, like, hey, did you eat all the Cheetos? And they're like, um, and they look at a certain area like, uh, no. And you're like, you lied. <laughs> and then also... If, if you ask your kid, like, hey, tell me what would you learn in school today? What was your favorite thing you learned in school today? And they're like, oh, it was this, 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 and this, and this. And you're able to see from their eye movements of what they're trying to activate. You're going to activate uh, knowledge points. So it's going to be certain areas of your eyes, uh, sound, uh, and emotion too as well. So when you map that out at the beginning of your interactions with people, like where are you based out of, where are you from, how did you get into business, so what if something else happened, you're trying to see where their eyes go to. So later on in the sale, when you're asking um, for their credit card information or why it's why they're being held back or how, how do they feel about the offer, you're able to take that knowledge you got at the front end of the discovery call or the front end of that call to see if they're being honest or dishonest. And you're, you're just trying to look for um, consistencies in their behavior. And that's where you can pick up like, okay, maybe maybe I lost them. Maybe they're engaged. I should just drop the price. And that's from doing uh, a little bit of the of a discovery at the front end of those calls. That's a very different thing to learn. It's a little bit of NLP. Uh, you could, It's a lot of NLP. Um, but there's a lot of different like sales approaches to that where you just map it all together, kind of like jujitsu, and see what works for you. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Yeah, I just want to make sure we got like some type of value uh, before I got into some of the other questions I got lined up. Um, I always ask like the same uh, questions at the end of the call, so I want to make sure we get to those. Um, otherwise, I'd let you dive more into like the personality types and all that type of stuff. But what we'll do? It's a great segue into into that. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. So uh, the data is in when it comes to personality styles. Like people think personality style. And people's mindset, those are two extremely different things. And people totally need to appreciate that. So like, oh, I'm I'm an INFJ or like, oh, I'm this on the brain. It's like no one is a mind reader. So what you have to go off of is observable behavior. So in and I'm talking if I'm talking to Keaton, the way that Keaton chooses his words, when you're button heads with Keaton, when you are trying when Keaton is uncomfortable. His reactions and what he would do would be very, very different than, let's just say, Keaton's spouse under the same thing. So my wife and I are totally different on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So my wife, I would call her an electric personality style. She's go, 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 go. She's high energy. She's very, very extrovert. I am very tactical. So my speech is a lot slower, more deliberate. I take in more data. I want more systems, more processes. I'm far more structured. She is more like Steve Irwin. I am more like Elon Musk, right? So when we're both under duress and we're both stressed out or when we're both happy, uh, we respond in a very different way. And these indicators, of those behavioral indicators, tell us what you would do in certain selling situations. And from those selling situations, you could be far more hyper-focused on closing tactics because you just map the other person out. How you close like Donald Trump and how you close Oprah is not the same. Hmm. 
because they have very different ways of how they interpret data and ex- express the data in which they've interpreted. Yeah, I know you don't do this because you sales m- m- people make so much freaking money. Uh, but <laughs> so you don't need to do this, but you should in the future, maybe it'll be like a passion project for you or something, put together like a sales program, coaching program. Cause like people need to hear this. He doesn't have it for sale right now. So this is all you get guys. I'll <laughs> try and bring him back on to give some more information. Cause he's got some great, great information. I've met a lot of salespeople and people who are like sales experts and stuff. And no one breaks it down. Like Antonio, um, and you just need to know the right questions to ask, I think. So, uh, Antonio, I'm going to have you back on. But before you go, I got like three questions I got to ask every guest, dude. I'm going to hit you with them really quick, okay? Let's go. All right. Uh, so, number one was one book that everyone needs to read. Okay. So, write this one down. It's called, uh, it's from, I think, the Larry Wilson Institute. It's a thin book. It's green if you find it on Amazon, and it's called Versatile Selling. There's another book that's on it that's red. That says personality styles, but I recommend even though you're not in sales, get versatile selling because it really refines it down. And that is going to be a game changer. That is one of that. I would say that's probably the second best marriage book you could read. Hmm. I like that. Cool, man. Powerful book. That's great. Um, so you ready for this next question? This one always stumps people. I'll see how you react to it. All right, so you got to go back in time. You got to go back to any age, right? You yourself at your age right now, you got to go back to yourself at any age. You get to go there, and when you're there, you know it's you. Your younger version knows it's you, but you only get to say three sentences, and then you got to leave. You're boom, gone. You never get another chance to say anything else. What age are you going to go back to, right? What are the three sentences you're going to say? I'm really strict on this. I don't want you to elaborate while you're saying the three sentences. Just three sentences. Then afterwards, if you want to tell the audience why you chose those three sentences, that's your chance to do it. Gotcha. It'd probably be when I'm like 15. Because I moved out when I was 16. I would tell myself at 15... Consider that everything you know could be wrong. Life goes fast. Don't overthink it. Those are the three. Cool. Now, yeah, I think those are the three. Three. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Last one. A little heavier. May consider changing this one in the future. <laughs> but I, I do like this one. I, I think it's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of like learning from other people's mistakes. I'm learning from what has worked for, with other people. And um, listening to podcasts and listen, reading books has been my shortcuts in the past couple of years. Um, and then Dude, thank God for authors, right? Like, thank God that they write stuff. It's so valuable. I agree. Yep. Um, so this question kind of relates to that. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what is your biggest regret? Um, my oh, man, that, that's a tough one. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't really 
I've really conditioned myself to not think about things in terms of regret. Mm. And go ahead. Yeah. So I'm with you. I, I, and most of my guests are right. Uh, the people I bring on here, they have the same type of mindset. Mm-hmm. What's something that you did that someone else could learn from that is avoidable? So anger is a killing thing. Uh, fear expresses itself in a multitude of different ways, depending on who you are, depending on your social programming, and also just your perspective of the world. Everyone is wired really, really differently. So, uh, you know, Yoda talks about like fear leads to the dark side of the force. Uh, I would really look at what triggers your fear, what's it based out of. And when you look at really, truly deeply of the belief systems that are underlying that and what are kind of like the trigger points of that. I think once you can isolate those things within yourself and which ones are uniquely you, you will have a freedom in which you have never, ever, ever known. So when we're talking about regret and all that stuff, like it would be that if I could do that as quickly as possible, as early as possible, it's um, you really have no people don't know how to quantify that type of success. Like imagine if you were to completely eradicate all the negative, hurtful lies that you tell yourself that hold you back. Imagine if those were gone, where would you be in life? Where would you be in a year? Yo, no one can quant, no one can answer that. No one can tell me an exact dollar amount. No one can tell me precisely how the relationships would look like. So wouldn't it make the most sense to eradicate those negative belief systems as fast as possible? What if you can only do 50% or 20%? Where would your life be? It's still hard. It's still hard to figure out. So I would really encourage people to do that as quickly as possible. I did a little late in life because I wanted to hold on. In Mexican culture, a lot of Hispanic culture, pride is a killing thing. People are way too prideful. So they want to hang on and have a lot of resentment that festers. So I had to let go of that that kind of social conditioning to really get to the root of my own issues. And that's what helped me to become free. And I hope it does for you too. Mm, that's great, man. So um, where can people go follow you? They can check out what you're up to, all that stuff. Yeah. So social media is like the best way to go, man, especially in this day and age. Uh, so man, what is my Instagram handle? I think it's at only Antonio Garcia. So instead of only fans, it's only Antonio Garcia. Uh <laughs> So give me a follow there. I'll be uh, I'll be working and getting way more content out there, specifically on personality styles. And I created my own that taking the work of Dr. Gabor Mate, Dr. Jordan Peterson, um, David Hawkins, and um, uh, Emerson Egrick. So way more in depth, and I think it'll be of huge value to a lot of people that really need to know more about personality styles. It's going to change your life quality of life is going to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. And uh, a little shameless plug real quick. You guys should reach out to him if you're interested in changing really your life, right? The stuff that I was talking about at the end there. Like, imagine if you could change this little... Oh, that's right, man. That's... Right? Dude, right. Matrix, dude, Matrix helped me out like so much. It's even just as a as a client. So it's a it's an honor and privilege to be a part of the organization and really sharing the message mission with 
you know, millions and millions of people, because a lot of people are really like, they know what to do. They know all this stuff. But like, if they're not flipping their mind to become the most elite version of themselves, it, they're not going to have the best life possible. So it's like flipping what's going on internally to actually flip the life that you want. It, it's, it's not as hard as you think, but man, do people have such a connection and attachment to living in a world that's not serving them. We remove that. So yeah, I'd love to talk to anyone that's taking that seriously. And um, yeah, let's let's go from there, man. See, see see what we can do to help you out. Yeah, shoot him a DM, guys. Antonio, thanks for being on here. Um, sorry we cut it short. We were chatting a little bit before, guys. I'll get him back on here for a full hour. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, share this out if it's helpful for you. Uh, even if it wasn't, man, there's you you got to know someone who was who could help out. So share this out. Leave a review. We get more people like Antonio on this podcast um and get us up there in the ranks so the world can learn about the keaton nelson show that sounded really arrogant but oh, oh well, i'm riding with it guys yeah, yeah until next time peace